Welcome to Make It Simple, where we take complicated issues and, with the help of an expert, break them down into ideas we can understand, truths we can apply, and questions worth pondering. I'm Matt Popovitz, and with me is my co-host and friend, Rachel Ryder. Rachel, we get to talk parenting today. No. Why are we talking about this? I mean, I'm, I'm, know, I'm a great parent. You're a great parent. Why do we need I mean, to talk I'm about amazing. This? I wonder if other people would like to be as amazing as we are. Oh, so this is for other people, not really. This is for, for other people. This isn't uh, for us. Yeah. Because no. I definitely, with my two kids, never have any issues or struggles or questions. And you, with your two, like, you never have any issues. No, do you? they're well behaved and wearing normal clothes and totally just towing the line every day. No, that's a, that's a thing. We are just all about pajamas everywhere we go. And I had to ask myself, do I care? It's fine. Wear pajamas everywhere. Yeah. So yeah. no, it, it, to be real though, because, because parenting, the stakes feel high, right? It matters. We oh, yeah. Nobody says like wakes up in the morning and says, um, gosh, I hope I screw up these little people in my house today. No, it is it is it is a high and daunting calling. Nobody wants to send their kid out into the real world someday as a full grown adult jerk. No one wants right. to do that. We all live in yeah. fear of that. At least yeah, I think we should live in fear <laughs> sure. of that. We, yeah. we we want to parent, you know, healthy kids. We want to minimize the amount of time they're gonna spend in counseling talking about all the ways in which we screwed things <laughs> up. Um, and and we, we take our job seriously. And it's not easy. There's no instruction manual, and we're all just working with, you know whatever playbook we were handed from our families of origin, which is why it's good for us to talk to our expert today. Who's our expert, Rachel? Today, we are talking with one of my absolute favorite people to learn from, and it's Mary Van Geffen. Yes. Mary Van Geffen is an international parenting coach for overwhelmed moms of strong-willed and spicy children, as she calls them. And she helps parents gain confidence in the skills to choose gentle, respectful parenting. And that's going to be the focus of our com- our conversation today, gentle parenting. I'm hoping to dive in and really just get a get an understanding of what she means when she talks about being a gentle parent. Because I'll be honest, Rachel, as I read it, I think I hear gentle parenting. I think inefficient parenting. This is going to take too much time <laughs> sure. to to have a conversation, a meaningful conversation about everything versus just correcting or, right. or disciplining and just getting the kid to do what I want them to do. Uh, but but you have experience with this. You've you've worked with Mary in the past, right? So g- give us a little hint of what we might find on this episode. Yeah, I feel like it's cheating a little because um, I'm starting on like chapter 15 of the book. So yeah. uh, Mary has a great online presence and we'll share all that here in a little bit. But um, I found her on Instagram and actually signed up for a free consulting class. And then just, I, I signed up and did coaching with her last year. And I, to say like, God did so much work on me through the stuff I learned from her. I can't, I can't, I can't like sing about it enough. And so I'm really excited to share just her wisdom because it really, when it gets down to it, you're like, actually, this makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, just that what she has to share with parenting. So I'm really excited to share with people, um, what gentle parenting is and, and what that looks like. And, you know, spoiler alert, it is actually effective, right? It's not yeah. inefficient. It's, <laughs> you can actually make a meaningful, uh, measurable impact in, in your kids, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And it turns out I like my kids. I'd forgotten that for a long time that I, you know, Mm, you, everybody goes through seasons where you're like, I don't know if I like these little people, Uh, but it turns out, no, I really do. And there's a way forward in parenting because, um, like I said, I think nobody says I don't want to be a good parent, but getting there and what that looks like just feels elusive sometimes. So I'm really excited for this. Well, let's, let's dive in. Let's talk. Let's get to know your friend, Mary Van Geffen. Let's do it. Mary, thanks for joining us today. I'm excited to chat with you. 
Me too. All right, Mary, I'm going to dive right in. And my question is this, give us an overview of what gentle parenting is. Mm, Okay. Gentle parenting, I would say is focusing on teaching rather than punishing kids for behavior. Uh, It's to me, it's kind of intermingled with positive parenting, conscious parenting. There's a lot of different names for it, but it's basically shifting from authoritarian parenting, from authoritarian parenting, where it's like, I say, jump, you say, how high? Now we're sort of shifting as we evolve as humans to have a parenting style that has more empathy, respect, an understanding of the child's perspective, and still boundaries, Mm -hmm. um, but done in a way that is sort of um, family-centered versus ego-centered. And, and would you say that gentle parenting, this this philosophy, is is not instinctual to us? It's not what we come by naturally. Is our instinct to just be authoritarian and punitive? Gosh, you're you're um, kicking over some uh, <laughs> church dysfunction there. I don't know if mm. you mean to. Like you're, um, I don't. I think. Oh. I think the church sometimes steers us in the opposite direction when we hear sermons about spare the rod, spoil the child. And when we drop our kids off at um, childcare and go to our mops group and they tell us how to spank, but to spank righteously, all that's a, a, mm-hmm. a load of hooey as far as I'm concerned. And so there's a lot of people with strong relationships with Jesus who don't intuitively go to gentle parenting because they think that to follow God is to be the authority in your home that represents God. And if your children don't obey you, that they're somehow they're sinning against God. None of that to, to me is accurate. Um, so I don't know if it's, if it's common sense, a lot of parenting to me isn't common sense because it also depends like how you're neurologically wired. If you step on my foot even if you are the cutest little baby in diapers, I'm going to shove you because it's just what my nervous system does. And then I'm going to feel awful and help the baby stand back up. There are other people, maybe Rachel, who, if I step on your foot, you might go kind of inward like my son does. And, Ooh, that hurt, you know, and you might make yourself smaller. So we all come to parenting with not only different ways we've been educated and taught what what it looks like to lead correctly, but also with these nervous systems that maybe operate differently depending mm-hmm. on who we are. Yeah. I think it's interesting because I certainly think the message I got when my kids were little, where it was all books or teachings about like disciplining out bad behavior and like, how do you make the the unwanted behavior stop? And it was very, I don't remember a lot early on in parenting being about like how I handle myself it was more like, how do I get the behavior out of my kid that, um, that I want? And I have a feeling what you're sharing about gentle parenting has a lot to do with just how I handle myself, not just change, like making this person do what I want. Is that, does that make sense? Or is that for sure that the first step in any effective parenting, let's call it gentle parenting is self-regulation. So it starts with you being the calmest, most grounded person in the room then you can move towards the child to correct the behavior or to teach them something. But you can't teach when you're in a scary, um, triggered space. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, 
I mean, how do you coach parents to get out of that reactionary yeah. place? Because I mean, so often it is like instinctual, instinctual and reactionary, where the kid is doing something that I that is either you know, fundamentally wrong or just deeply annoying, and I just want it to go away. And like the first thing that comes out of me is my parental response, whatever that response is. That's how I'm going to parent in that moment, mm-hmm. whether it's a flash of anger or or whatever. So so how do you how do you get a parent to just pause for a second and regulate their themselves and how they respond to their child. Cause that seems, that seems really hard. Well, I was, I might ask Rachel cause Rachel sort of went through my program of being coached, but in, in top level, it's one checking out and becoming aware of our inner critic, mm-hmm. the things that we say to ourselves on a regular basis that feed into how we see us as parents and them as children. So a lot of times there's a story we're telling over and over again throughout the day, like I'm not doing enough, or um, I'm not worthy of respect if they don't listen to me, or there's just little, this running tape that is eroding at our ability to connect. Mm -hmm. So I would, I would start by figuring out what that inner critic says to them and then checking in with like their most Holy spirit self. Like if you put your hand on your heart and your hand on your belly and you say, Lord, what do you say about my child and about this moment? It's always going to be just covered in compassion and grace. And so really strengthening your ability to listen to that part of you and to listen and and slow things down. And, and we work on expanding the time between stimulus and response. If we can just open that up to three to five seconds, we kind of have a different parent because um, once you've sort of chosen and articulated what kind of parent you want to be, we just need a little more space for you to check back into that. But Rachel, what would you add to that? You know, and of course, this is something I've learned. I've followed you for a while and I'm a huge fan of, of, your work, but, um, you know, it's been very helpful for me to, to remind myself two things. This is not an emergency. It's okay. If I don't respond right away. And then I ask myself, can I handle this right now? And it's such a simple, like, you know, my kids melting down or screaming at me and I can check in real quick and go, I am, I am buzzing and I am about to flip out. And it's okay. If I say, I love you, I'm going to walk away for a minute until I can figure out. And I can check in with myself and I can say like, you know, can I, you know, can I hear the Holy spirit? Do I even like my child right now? You know, cause it's hard. There are times when my kid's freaking out and I'm like, I don't want to ask for compassion because I just don't feel it. And I know it has to come from somewhere else. So, so taking a moment to say, like, just remind myself constantly, this is not an emergency. It's fine. She can flip out. She can scream at me. I can walk away if I can't handle it right now. Or I can say, you know what? I slept well and I had good coffee this morning. I can handle this right now. And I can be curious. Um, but, but that doing right there, when you say, mm-hmm. can you handle this? It's actually a form of reparenting. You're checking in with yourself and caring for, um, the parts of you that maybe nobody could be calm and, mm-hmm. and chill out with you while you were struggling. So now you're doing it for you so you can do it for your child. And I also heard you doing embodiment work in there, which is noticing the symptoms and sensations in your body. And that's the only way to get out of that fight or flight amygdala, which only thinks in verbs, mm. run, hit, <laughs> stop. I mean, that's what's going on in your brain right now. So to come out of that and go, Ooh, I'm buzzing. Mm-hmm. My heartbeat's going super fast. Just sensations. Oh, my stomach is tight. Like it wants to go to battle. 
take, that's what we do in that pause where we check in and then we choose some things for our body or even just before we change it, just noticing your body's reaction before you go and respond to that child will change so much. Our kiddo definitely has big emotions. And part of it is that, you know, those tantrums were lasting for a really long amount of time, like way above what I think they say. I mean, yeah, they were just so long. So I think for sure with some of the techniques, like the light switch, which was one of the first things we learned with you guys, the duration of those immediately started to cut down. And is it really as, I mean, it, the whole thing is not as simple as get, buying yourself more time, but, but it sounds like it's a big part of it. Just getting yourself a few seconds even to be more reflective about what am I feeling? How am I going to respond? Can I have more compassion for my kid in this moment? I mean, is, the, I mean, is that, is it, is it really in That's some sense that simple, just I, getting yourself more time? Yes. Be, well, because if I sat you down over coffee and you had an hour or two break from your child And I asked you, what do you love about your kid? And you told me, and you felt that corresponding kind of warmth in your heart. And then I said, what kind of parent do you want to be? You know how you want to be. Even if you didn't get to experience it as a child, you know, like, oh, I want them to be safe to be who they are. I want them to always know I have their back. So if you can name that in a calm moment, it's in there, but it's not in there when you're triggered. And so, yes, it is as simple as lengthening the time so you can go back to remember. And I really like people to have it in like one or two sentences. I am a parent who is learning to be patient or I am a safe place for my children. So when we make that space and go back to our touchstones Mm. and what we're being called to be in that child's life, it just opens up our resourcefulness. You mentioned um, to Rachel a moment ago, the concept of of reparenting yourself, how much of our family of origin plays into our own parenting as adults? Oh my gosh, so much. <laughs> it's where we go to automatically when we're not thinking. So it's it's knee-jerk re- reactions um, that we can't even articulate. And there's a great quote that says something along the lines of, it's not what parents went through as a child that dictates how functional or dysfunctional their child's life will be. It's how well they can articulate what happened to them. Hmm. So when we can, when we can say, this is what it was like to be little in my home and, and get past that. Oh, my parents did the best they could. That's great. But that doesn't help you have some real ownership and understanding of and empathy for what it was like to be little so that you can then bring that to this next level of being a parent. So it's not just what happened to you, but whether or not you've done the work to be able to articulate it. Did that even answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Rachel, help, help me understand about how Mary's work has helped you. Like you Mm -hmm. talked about it a little bit, but, but I I know we've got Mary on here to talk about this, but, but you have, have worked with Mary and studied mm-hmm. some of this. So, so if you wouldn't mind t- telling me one parent to another, how this has helped you. Yeah, gosh, I might cry. Um, if I were to sum it up, uh, what gentle parenting and, and working with Mary has done, um, it's helped me, this, sounds, this is going to sound so vague. It's helped me do the work to, to say, what kind of parent do I want to be? And what do I need to do and really take care of myself? Because for me to be able to step away or my child's freak, freaking out, she's dysregulated and she's, you know, Mary taught me the term spicy. She's a spicy kid. And I can 
remember in the moment that I want a good relationship with my child. I want her to look back and go, my mom loved me even when I was crazy. And I couldn't have identified that. I just felt like it's chaotic and I don't know what I'm doing and I need someone to help me get the result I want from my kids. But instead I parent so that I can be the kind of person I feel God's called me to be, if that makes sense. So it really taught me to stop and do the work for myself and then to reframe what I'm seeing in my child. So like I did, I had this, like they're, they're going to be sinners and they're going to be, you know, slashing people's tires when they're older, because I didn't parent them well as a child. And that's just not what happens. Like these are God's little people and I have a role in their lives, but they're going to grow up and I'm still going to have to sit with what kind of person was I. Um, and so I've really learned to like be more at peace and have more grace with myself. Most of the work I've done with Mary, I think was for myself. And then through that, I learned like some tips that help my kids too. So I'm like raising my hand yeah. so I can jump in here. Because Do it. What you did, Rachel, is you embraced the fact that parenting is a spiritual discipline. Mm -hmm. It is a time of learning to tolerate unconditional love, both receiving it and giving it. And there's a quote um, from Richard Foster's celebration of disciplines, where he says a Christian discipline is the liberation from the stifling slavery to self-interest and fear. And so many of us bring fear Mm -hmm. and self-interest to our parenting. And so being able to like open that up, and say, I'm going to lay down the burden of being completely in control or managing others Mm -hmm. and allow God's influence in here. And also just lay down my own need to, to be seen by other people as having it all together. Like that to me is a big part of how parenting changes a person. Yeah. Well, and it's hard because, um, there's a part of you, or there was at least a part of me that's like, I don't know, can I trust God with my kids? Which is a crazy thought, but the reality was that's the attitude I had was no, I've got to do better because can I really trust God with my kids? But like you said, treating parenting, like a spiritual discipline just changes, it changes everything. It changes the whole, uh, lay of the land. Yeah. And you know what else you did is you, you, Together, we reduced your job responsibilities because if you don't bring your consciousness to this, you think that you not only are in control of showing up as a great parent, but that 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 means they will act a certain way. And so there's so much on our plate and so many ways to fail. And -hmm. it sounds like you streamlined it to success is me showing up in a way that, that I respect and that God is calling me to. And that takes a lot of pressure off. Yeah, it yeah. really does. Yeah. And, you know, just from like the preacher's perspective, it's it's much more theologically accurate. You know, let God be God Ooh, and you be tell a parent, us, preacher. Right? Yeah. It just, it just is, you know, you know, God is the one who's ultimately in charge of the outcomes, right? We, we bring, we bring our most faithful self the best we can to whatever task he's called us to, you know, we bring the faith, he, he bears the fruit and, and the fruit that you're longing for in your, in your child is ultimately, is ultimately in his hands and up to him. And so th- there can be this great freedom, I hear you saying of, of understanding, look, here's where my job begins and here's where it ends. And it sounds like what you're saying, Mary, is that so much of the work is just working on yourself and making sure that you know, the kind of parent you want to show up and be for your kids. Yeah. Yeah. Now let's, let's, let's talk about like, I'm sure we've got somebody listening here who's, who's thinking, all right, great. Gentle parenting. Awesome. Got to know what I bring to the table. Great. Buy myself some time to reflect, make sure I'm not a total jerk to my kids. I get that part. But 
what like there's a behavior right now that somebody's That's thinking of in ask. their kids that they they want it to be corrected they want it to be stopped and they they're looking for they're looking for an approach they're looking for a tactic they're looking for some means of trying to correct mitigate deal with that that bad or unhelpful behavior. Uh, what does gentle parenting say to correcting or teaching new behaviors? So it means figuring out why you think they're doing it okay. and what your role is in it. And then, um, I mean, I will give some specific techniques and I don't know if they're generally generally considered gentle parenting techniques, but they're the techniques I lean on. And that is, identifying what you want because so much of um sort of un what's the right word like when we haven't refined our parenting approach we tend to be really good at naming what we don't want don't stand on that couch don't put those there don't you talk to me that way it's so many things we don't want and that's not leadership and i i'm i'm always floored by those bible stories where jesus has an encounter with someone and says what do you want And it's like, come on, Jesus, obviously I want healing. No, what do you want? Like we have to identify that thing that we don't want. There has to be a replacement behavior and a very specific one, because if, if there's a behavior worth doing, then it has to be worth teaching and articulating. So it's, it's using the power of language and slowing down because it doesn't come naturally to identify what you want them to do. And then practicing that positive behavior. And I call it the do-over doing the do-over. So if my child runs across the street, rather than making sure, oh, this has got to hurt. So he never does it again. You go and you get the child and you bring them back and you say, let's try that again. How do we cross the street? Oh, but my friend, I know that, but show me how you cross the street. What do you do? Oh, yep. You look left, you look right. And we walk slowly. Oh, that was wonderful. And the thing about the do-over is is it leaves the child sort of sparkling for you. It leaves on a positive note of them creating the muscle memory of the thing that you wanted them to do. Now, it's not all powerful. Every kind of um, behavior that we're not liking has a different sort of maybe technique to address it. But often when parents get on the phone with me, sometimes it's them taking over responsibility for a behavior that either is developmentally appropriate, like a teenager rolling their eyes when you take, tell them to take out the trash. Don't, don't fall over the trash attitude when you're teaching a principle of taking the trash out, just be so excited that they're taking the trash out. Hmm. Um, So sometimes we're trying to teach too many things at once. Do you have a specific example of a behavior you're hoping to nip in the bud? Oh, for me, no. My children are perfect. I mean, I'm oh, just thinking just in general. <laughs> and by that, what I mean is their parents are really, really exceptional. That's what I mean. Amazing. No, no. So, so, so for example, so with 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 my son Jack, uh, he is seven years old, and for some reason, you know, he and I have a great relationship. But for some reason, right now, when when I when I give him a an an encouragement, a correction, I make an ask. You know, no one's in trouble. No, there's no there's no there's no issue. I'm trying to immediately address. Just when I do the the regular parenting things of hey hey buddy, could you do this or can you grab that or lend me a hand with dinner? Uh, I I am right now met with um, a ton of attitude. 
like for no, like for no reason. And he's, and he's seven, like, and he doesn't give it to his mom. He just gives it to me. Now I know the kid like loves me and longs for my attention. We, we wrestle every single night. We, he, I throw him all around the living room and it's his favorite thing of the, uh, of the whole day. So we've, we've got, we've got like a great relationship going, but there's this thing right now where anytime I make an ask of him, anytime I say, can you do this? Can you help with this? It's, it's a deep sigh. It's a mumble under the breath and it's, um, it's just kind of disrespectful. And, um, he'll, he'll go begrudgingly do the thing, but not without just a ton of attitude. And I don't want him to do that. (laughs) So, so help me, Mary. You like stories of inspiration, stories of faith, stories of encouragement. Then I hope you will check out my podcast where I interview people of faith who share their stories of encouragement, their stories of inspiration, their stories of hope, and overcoming trials and difficulties that they have faced in their life and that we have faced in our lives as well. Hope you check it out. Well, there's a lot to unpack there because when you first said that you said whether I'm giving him an an encouragement or a correction, those two things are very different. So I would, it sounds like more you're, when you are asking um, for compliance, when you are asking him to do something and you're, you're stepping into this zone, we all do, which is this tension between, I want to have a, um, connected, respectful relationship, but I also want first time compliance Yes, and they actually don't go together. Mm. So I just want to spend a moment. If you could play that horn sound that they play at funerals, um, taps or whatever, because to have a respectful and connected relationship, you're actually making space for your child to negotiate and to say, I don't want to do that. And we can hold a boundary and allow them to grieve over the boundary. Sure. So I don't know the specifics of the situation, but if you're saying, hey, come help me with dinner, will you chop these? Um, and he's like, oh, why do I got to do it? I would completely ignore that. And once mm-hmm. he comes over, say, it's so fun to cook with you. And mm-hmm. thank you so much. And tie his contribution to what's happening in the um, home. Like when you cut these up, you make it taste so much better, or it's so much more fun to cook when you're with me. So I would ignore the attitude rather than bringing, because it's starting, it can start to be a habit where you're getting charged and now he's, he's getting some of um, some other need met through that intensity. You did mention like all this amazing um, rough housing, which please, if you're listening rough house with your kids, they learn so much from it. Um, that is critical because we really at seven need to connect before we direct. And sometimes we're like, I did connect last night. We played for an hour, but their attachment to us is so like fragile and see-through and needs to keep being lacquered on. So it's taking that moment to say, what's going on with these Legos and coming into their world, get making sure you have eye contact, a smile, a nod, like you have and can you have collected them, so to speak, back in your atmosphere? And then you can say, buddy, it's time to help with dinner. Do you need five more minutes or you want to do it now? Mm-hmm. So beginning to give yeah. some agency to that kid so they can decide when, but he's early. 
Usually yeah. somebody who's nine when they're when they're doing that. So you've got a you've got a leader on your hands, a CEO. Yeah. I, I might I, I may I may just have a leader on my hands. It's a good way to good way to frame it. But but I like what you say about uh, rather than just being this 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 voice from the outside that interrupts with an ask, with a command, with a need. First, leading with engagement in in their world where they are with eye contact, like recognizing them, being with them, and then making the ask and, and, and then, you know, offering up the thing that I need to offer up and that he's so tempted to, to roll his eyes and, and huff about. I appreciate that. And, Thank you. And I would, I would call that connecting before you direct. Mm-hmm. So you're going to yeah. connect with him before you direct. And then when he rolls his eyes, you can just pour some empathy on that plant. Yeah. Like, oh, you, you, this is not your favorite thing to do. I can see this is frustrating for you. Yeah. Connect before you direct. I'm writing that down. Good. Thanks, Mary. So what would you say? So Matt and I both have younger kids and then I've got one who's 10 and then Matt also has a 16 year old. Yeah. So yeah. I know that feeling. I even do it with my 10 year old where I'm like, it's too late. I've, I, I screwed up for 10 years and I can't start over. But so I, I do have friends with teenagers that are like, I just made so many mistakes. What, what hope mm-hmm. do you offer to parents who are looking back and saying, I, I parented authoritatively and I've learned I'm doing better, but you know, they're 16, they're 18, they're 20. Like, is it too late? I, I guess that's just the, yeah, I, I would assume late? it's not, Oh, it's too late. Yeah. No, I'd assume it's not, but, um, but I don't know if I'm a parent, like just telling me that's not enough hope, you know, yeah. like, what so, would you say? Let me tell you, I'm 51, yeah. 51 years of age. I'm kicking into the air as <laughs> I say that. And if my mother would call me up right now and say, you know what? I've been thinking about it. And I think I was tough on you. I think I needed you to be a certain way. And I'm starting to realize that I want to be in relationship with you. And I, I love you and I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. I I mean, it would be enough. So all it takes is turning towards repairing, naming your part in that and beginning to shift from being a teller to an asker. Um, which is what we need to do with adult children. Like there's a whole different way of showing up for a 16 year old than how we show up for a seven year old. Mm -hmm. And so I don't ever think it's too late. And I think that when you honor what role you played in maybe shutting down a kid um, and allow them to talk to you about it and you do the work, I mean, I think it's never too late. Hmm. Would you say that that's, um, um, you know, that, that same approach works with, you know, with, with a 16 year old, you know, daughter. I mean, you know, as, as we, as we, as we parent, you know, my, my daughter right now, it feels like we're, we're beyond the stage of, and to, in many situations of telling her what to do. It, it needs to be much more conversational. It needs to be much more inviting her into the choices that, that, that she's making and saying, Hey, here's, here's what we think you should do. Um, what do you think you should do trying to prepare her for, you know, her life as a, as an adult on her own, which is going to be here in about 18 months or so when she goes off to college. Um, so, so is is that instinct that I have, right? That it's, that it's getting less and less about me saying, Hey, here's what needs to happen and much more about dialogue conversation and, and helping her come to an understanding on her own of the choices that need to be made now and moving forward. Yeah. The only part I might erase is helping her come to a choice on her own that needs to be made, meaning we don't get the final say at this point. And if we can actually allow them to fail in the confines of our home by letting them choose like, 
Hey, you said you wanted to be, do this volunteer job. And then you didn't set your alarm. What a bummer. Like, I'm, I'm sorry that you lost that job. Like if we can lower the stakes and let them fail now by making their own decisions, but being very approachable, um, there's three stages of parenting. And this comes from the work of Kim John Payne and you've got zero to seven, then you've got seven to 14, and then you've got 14 to 21. And there's even a fourth stage once they're adults. And we used to be benevolent dictators, zero to seven. What I say goes, you may, you may not. That switches to a gardener kind of vibe. So from a governor to a gardener in seven to 14, and a gardener is checking the soil, keeping away pests, but they can't change that the plant is either a vine or it's a tree. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they can do a little pruning, but that's it. And then you get to your stage that you're in, Matt, now, which is a guide. A guide is somebody who has walked on this path before, but they don't tell you how you have to go. So they might say things like, just word to the wise, it does snow up there on that one pass. So if you're going to go, I wouldn't go until after spring. But that person might still go up there and freeze their mm. bajungis off. <laughs> and so it's yeah. it's communicating in ways that keep it open so they will hear a little bit of what you think. So it's a lot of things like, what's your plan for? Or what, how do you think you'll handle? And it's also saying when they do start to talk to you, um, what role would you like me to play? Do you just need a listening wow. ear or did, were you wanting advice wow. and doing everything in your self-management power to not give advice and make something a lecture when they actually initiated the conversation? Mm-hmm. Because we can always circle back. We can be deathly still and you know, keeping all of our freak out inside while they tell us that, you know, they think they might want to go all the way with their boyfriend. Hmm. We can listen to that and say, yeah, what makes you feel like you're ready now? And da, da, da. And then we can circle back the next day and say, you know, I've been thinking about it and I want you to tell you what, what I feel God's best is for you. Yeah. Um, and I don't know about you, Matt, we're both trying to figure it out because my kids are only 17 and 15. So don't, I won't even pretend that I <laughs> have successfully um, launched them, but I want to be still in relationship. Should my daughter make some choices that I don't want her to make? I want to still be a person that is supporting her. And, and so often it's like, do this, be this way, or the the unspoken messages, or you're not pleasing me and we're out of relationship. And I don't ever want to get to that place. Right. I, I, what I what I say to to my wife, and we're on the exact same page about this, is you know, with, with with our daughter who is amazing. You know, um, I need to need to say that she's a really really wonderful kid. Um, but our our goal at this stage is to just stay in the circle. We want to be in the circle of of decisions she's making, of of questions she's wrestling with, of, of values that are being solidified. We want to be in that circle where we're where we where we get to have a voice, and not more importantly, we like we get to have a we get to have an ear, we get to hear. And you know, my my, my fear as a parent is being outside of that circle because of something I've done. Now, I don't want that to hamstring me and make me afraid to be the parent I need to be. But but I just uh, Lisa and I we 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 want to be in that circle so we can we can we can be the loving formative presence and and I think you're right right now for us that means asking a lot more questions than we give commands and biting that tongue it's so hard and <laughs> what you're describing about trying to stay in the circle sounds like an art it is not a science mm-hmm. like people will come in and say do this don't do this parenting expert 
they don't know your specific child and the beauty and the challenges that she has in her personality and her life experiences. So let's not tell ourselves like there's a right way to do this. There's a lot more gray than we evangelical and post evangelical people can handle because it's so uh, it's a nuance. It's an art to parent these people. Yeah. Yeah. So like you work a lot with moms, I think primarily with moms. Do you ever hear moms say like, I'm, I'm, I get it. I've, I've converted dental pairings away for me, uh, but my husband uh, has not been watching your classes or reading the books I'm reading. And I know that that gets into like more of a marriage communication, but what do you say to a parent who's saying, I'm trying to do these things. And then my partner comes in and just like helicopters in and shows up with a totally different parenting style. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Yeah. What, what word of encouragement would you give? in that situation. So the easy, the, the, the pat mm-hmm. answer is go to marriage therapy and talk about sure. how your values are, are separate and mm-hmm. ask for what you want. Um, because a lot of times it's, um, you know, the mom learning all these new ideas mm-hmm. and the husband is maybe the primary breadwinner and he's put all his time into, you know, doing the best he can in his career. Yeah. And so, He's not on the same page because he hasn't done the same learning. So therapy is amazing for helping you communicate in a way that doesn't blow up things, doesn't make him feel wrong. And Mm -hmm. often when someone's on the phone with me and they're like, how do I get my husband? I say, he's not here. You are. So we only have our own behavior that we can manage, but I think we undervalue what a shift it makes when one person in a family system decides to bring compassion and respect and, you know, long suffering and patience that you are impacting that spouse by showing up and also be encouraged that for children to have one person that they can count on who's safe, where they can melt down, where they can go to, that is enough. So it can be okay that, you know, my mother was warm and inviting and I could process things with her. And my dad was kind of like, you show up a certain way. It's going to be okay for that child. Um, We don't need to catastrophize that. Everybody's got to be on the same page. We want it. And I think that a a lot of um, folks who are not on board yet are waiting to see like, yeah, but what's going to happen? Cause it's a messy few years getting there, (laughs) but there is, there is emerging research that shows that. And, because it's a form of leadership. I mean, we can look at companies and know that when you um, lead from a place of strengths-based and um, sacrificial leadership, like amazing things happen in companies. So there is that, that sphere to look at, but there's also a lot of positive parenting research now coming out. And so just continue to have a conversation about it. Don't correct your spouse in the middle of it. I mean, unless like abuse is going down, let it play out because, um, feeling disrespected and sort of turned on or like you're the bad sure. guy, even more distances that parent. Yeah. So I don't know. Is that the right answer? No, that's great. That's great. Mary, as we turn to a close here, um, uh, let me ask you this. What's what's one thing that those of us with kids could do differently tonight when we pull in the driveway, we get home and we want to have a, 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 a positive interaction with the kids tonight? 
uh, after dinner. Uh, what's, what's one thing that you might suggest that we could do perhaps differently than the way we usually do things that will help us be more likely to have the, the positive interaction with our kids that we're, we're hoping to have? Mm. I would say soften your eyes and just delight in your child. And so that's less about a task and let's get them to this next thing. It's when I say soften your eyes, like literally take your finger in between your eyebrows and soften that line so that you're not looking at your child as something to optimize, to fix, to improve, to connect with, but instead you're softening your gaze and you're just taking a moment to delight in everything that is beautiful and enough about them. And that may start with delighting with what is beautiful and enough about you, basically meditating on your child and seeing what God sees with no other agenda. And maybe your hands are open while you're doing it. And you're just taking that time to sit on the floor. You don't need to have the right words. You don't need to play perfectly. Every time I tried to play Barbies with my daughter, I got corrected and I, I was a abysmal <laughs> failure at it. So you don't, you just delighting in them. That's all we want. We all want to walk in a room like Maya Angelou says and see somebody's eyes light up. Do that for your child today. And then is there, so somebody's listening and they're like, this is amazing. This is what I was looking for. Praise the Lord. Gentle parenting. What would you recommend as like, this is where you can go to learn more or to start doing the work? Um, okay. Don't hate yeah. me, but I'm going to do a plug for what do I do. I have a one hour class called gentle parenting 101, and it's just an hour of me sharing concrete techniques for um, being gentle in a time when you're not sure what to do. And it's, it's literally for people who were not raised in a respectful, um, compassionate environment, but want to create that for their kids. So that's one way to do it. Wonderful. And, And where can we get access to that, Mary? Just DM me and I'll send you a link. All right, we'll find you on Instagram and uh, we'll share all of that. We'll send you a direct message. Mary, thanks so much for, for sharing your wisdom and having this conversation with us today. Oh, it was so fun. Thank you. So Rachel, I hope I didn't share too much about my struggles with my, my seven-year-old with Mary. Gosh, you know, I think it's something anybody can relate to and uh, we've all been there. So I think it's fine. Yeah. yeah and I certainly hope that, uh, that, that I just get so excited talking to her. I want, I want to share everything I've ever learned from her with everyone instead of just letting her talk and go where she leads. She's so great to listen to. Well, and you know, you and I being friends, you know, you and I've had a lot of conversations about our kids and I can see the, the influence that, that Mary's teaching and her philosophy has had on you as a parent. And and you're one of the parents that I look up to and, and and admire for, for, for your approach to your kids. So clearly it's made an impact on you. And, you know, just for everybody to be clear, my my son, Jack is awesome. He is great. You know, any, 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 any issue I have with him is just typical Mm seven-year-old boy stuff. But, but one of the things that, that Mary said that was really, uh, you know, powerful to me was just the reminder that, you know, my, my kid's a seven-year-old kid and he, he's in his own world as he, as he should be at this particular stage in his life. (laughs) And for me to be the most effective and the most loving parent, it's not just about saying, Hey son, do this, or Hey son, remember this, or Hey son, stop this. It's about first and foremost, getting down on his level, engaging in his world. And it takes all of three seconds to do that. Like looking him in the eyes and being where he is for just a moment before I make any ask of him and just, yeah. and just be, uh, be focused on the relationship first and, and kind of the task second. Uh, that's yeah. a good reminder for me. 
Well, jumping off that, you know, we have, uh, we've been joking because in our family, we have something called angry dishes and it's when my 10 year olds turn to do dishes, she gets so angry. And it's like, you know, every other, you know, you know, this is coming. It's not a surprise, but to step back and go, it doesn't matter. Like what I'm, what I want right now is for her to do the dishes and to contribute to the family. Uh, and if I want to talk about her attitude or the grumpiness or anything, we can talk about that later. Like, hmm. like not to teach too many things at once. And for her to say that was really like, that's good. That's fine. Like, it doesn't have to be, I'm going to give you all the parenting knowledge in this one incident of you doing the dishes. It's like, no, let's just talk about what do I want from this? And to me, that's, that's gentler as well. It's not overwhelming a person. It's saying, no, this is the one thing I'm asking of you right now. And then celebrating when she does it, like, who cares what the attitude is? She did the dishes. So. Yeah, that, that's a that's a really kind of freeing concept for me yeah. as a parent. That that's um, uh, I, I don't have to teach all the things, and they don't have to do all the things right in every yeah. single moment. Focus on the one thing that needs to be done, and the one value we're trying to reinforce, the one behavior we're trying to address. And you know, even if there's a little attitude that comes with it, celebrate <laughs> when when, when yeah. they ultimately arrive at the thing you've wanted them to arrive at. Just celebrate that and reinforce the good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what else stood out to you, Rachel? You know how, um, she taught, well, obviously I I shared, you know, just the power in like taking a second, uh, and slowing down and, and the, the phrase, this is not an emergency. And I'm constantly reminding myself, this is not an emergency. I can deal with this later. You know, I can, I don't have to work out who hit who or who yelled at who I can just be here and listen and love on them. And then later I can deal with, you know, the behavior, there's just so much power and like constantly. Cause I did, I was constant. I don't know if you've ever felt like this, but everything just feels like I've got to stop this. I've got to correct this. I've got to do this. Like, no, I can just step back and figure out how do I want to respond? And then I can respond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so much of, you know, what I feel like she's talking about with gentle parenting is first and foremost, just, you know, addressing your, yourself and, and being uh, aware of what you're feeling and, and, and the person that you're going to show up to your child as, and the stuff you're bringing and create space to like be almost be gentle with yourself and be kind and compassionate to yourself, realize what's going on and then show up as a a slightly different person, slightly different parent Mm -hmm. for your kid. Who's going to be more effective, um, in your, in your parenting task. Yeah. Because spoiler alert, like it really is so much about parenting. Isn't how do I get my kid to do X, Y, or Z it's doing the work in yourself. And so I really appreciated her reminding us that parenting is a spiritual discipline. Mm -hmm. Like uh, there's a, my husband and I joke that um, there's something going on with one of our kids that I was like, I don't know what to do with this. And he was like, why don't you schedule a time with Mary? And like, cause she does coaching sessions. And I was like, no, cause I know what she's going to say. She's going to say that I need, it's me. I, I know that the problem is me. It's not even the behavior my kid's doing. Yeah. And, you know, and then I can be a pestilent child and be like, I don't want to change my behavior. Or I can right. just be the parent and say like, God loves me like this with grace yeah. and mercy. And he's not constantly following me around going, you should be better. He just loves me first. And I can mm-hmm. do that. I can do that back for my kids. So that's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, so much of uh, how we actually interact with our kids is, is downstream of us just dealing with ourselves. Yeah. And, and that, that's just an important realization is, you know, the, the behaviors we want to correct, the tactics we use with our kids, you know, all of that is secondary to us, you know, dealing with our own baggage that we bring to the parenting task yeah. and us uh, being honest about uh, the, uh, the, the families maybe we grew up in and the assumptions we bring to parenting, all that kind of stuff. And just making space to check all of that and, and deal with all that before we show up to our own kids. And, and, um, that's like half the battle right there. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So Rachel, what was your what was your make it simple uh, summary? What's your what's your make it simple takeaway for this week? So the the thing that I really want to take away and think about is that phrase uh, connection before correction. Uh, it's just I, in any situation, first connect, then correct. Because the truth is, I know that um, like especially my little people, they are. Uh, they feel it. They know when they're in trouble. They don't want to be in trouble. And I don't want them going around thinking all day, like, am I going to get in trouble or not? I want them thinking like just relationship with mom, warm and fuzzies. And I'm not going to get that if I'm always correcting behavior. So I'm really going to try and sit and think about uh, connection first and then worry about the correcting part second. What about you? What's your, what's your takeaway, your soundbite? My make it simple soundbite for this would be, um, having a having a clear and simple vision for the kind of parent you want to be, the kind of parent you want to show up as for your kids, and, and having that really really close at hand and top of mind, and then in every interaction with my child, if I need to buy myself time to remind myself of that, buying myself time and recognizing that you're talking two seconds, three seconds to just get in the right headspace and remember, I want to be a safe place for my kids. Yeah. Or I want to be a patient parent with my kids. And it's it's just that simple. And just get yourself the two seconds so you mm-hmm. can reorient yourself to that goal and then and then show up as that kind of person. That's mm-hmm. a that's a really, really helpful, really yeah. helpful reminder for me. Yeah. Taking that moment to just say, who do I want to be in this moment? That's and right. she like there's all kinds of work around like envisioning yourself as a benevolent king or, you know, yeah. as a as a, I tell my kids constantly, I'm like, I'm taking a breath because I'm magic. Don't forget. Your mom is magic. So I'm constantly like, I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to get that magic. And now I'm going to handle this situation. So it's, it's really powerful. It is. It is. Well, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what your takeaway was from this conversation with Mary Van Geffen talking parenting. And you can share your thoughts over at Instagram. You'll find a post for this episode. Find that post and drop your insights, your takeaways in the comment section on Mary Van Geffen's post. You can find our Instagram over at, uh, the handle is at M-P-O-P-O-V-I-T-S. That's at M Popovitz. We would love to hear from you. All right, Rachel, how about you and I go and try to be like gentle, intentional, calm parents? Let's do it. I like it. Thanks for helping us make it simple. The show is produced by MPM. Our editor is Marsha Lambeth. Artwork for the show was designed by Brenton Little. Do you have a topic you'd like us to tackle or an expert you'd like us to chat with? Send your ideas to info at mattpopovitz.com. That's info at M-A-T-T-P-O-P-O-V-I-T-S dot com. And if you'd like more information about Make It Simple or MPM, just head to mattpopovitz.com.